KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington, it's the Northwest Now podcast. Each week, we take a closer look at the people and issues that affect all of us here in Western Washington. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation with your host, Tom Lason. Do you really know what the toe is for in your Christmas stocking? Well, I'll tell you. It's for almond roca, and it's the law. And guess what? Tacoma's own Brown and Haley Candy Company makes almond roca and has been doing it now for 100 years. That's the discussion next on Northwest Now. Listen, this isn't a show about pumping consumer products, so if you're watching this program, getting ready to email us a press release, just stop yourself right now. With that said, we're making an exception for this delicious, wonderful, out-of-this-world almond roca. And anybody who thinks we'd compromise our journalistic integrity for a free can of this stuff is just plain wrong. And besides, you can't prove anything. But seriously, folks, three million pieces of roca churn through Tacoma's Brown and Haley Candy Factory every day. And with more than 200 jobs created and what has become a worldwide brand based right here in Grit City, it's worth talking about a little here going into the holidays. For a little background now, let's take a look at a story done by our friends at Pierce County Television from back in 2014. Now, there's a new company CEO, and these days some of the numbers have changed a little. But this tells the story of Almond Roca. Like nimble metal fingers, these machines carefully and speedily wrap each piece of almond roca into its now famous gold wrapper. Two and a half million pieces per day. But the roca is something very special. And it starts with the packaging, with the gold foil, that every time you open one up, you get this wonderful, pleasing delight. It all began back around 1900. Harry Brown was an expert candy maker with a small confectionery shop. Jay Clifford Haley was a businessman working for the Schilling Spice Company. On a Tacoma Sunday in 1908, the two men met at church. By 1912, a business partnership was rolling along and they were selling a full line of candy products by 1916, led by the popular Mount Tacoma Bar. Redubbed simply the Mountain Bar, it continues on today in three popular flavors. Brown and Haley's signature confection, Almond Roca, rolled off the line in 1923. Typically, butter toffee was sold in a small slab, which was then broken by hand and eaten piece by piece. Harry Brown said, hey, what if we put it into smaller bite-sized pieces, and then if we cover it in chocolate and cover it in almonds, we lock in the uh, toffee and it'll have a longer shelf life. A Tacoma librarian said the candy looked like a little almond rock and so roca, Spanish for rock. And with an extended shelf life, almond roca became known as the candy that travels. It was another Brown and Haley innovation that really put this candy on the road. The distinctive and protective pink tin was introduced in 1927. Canada and the Philippines were the first foreign customers but it was World War II that really introduced Almond Roca. We had contracts with the military to purchase Almond Roca uh, during uh, World War II, uh, where they purchased from us and used it as a bartering system 
for the soldiers to be able to get their perishable items overseas. Packaging and transportation have changed and improved over the decades, but the colors pink and gold, those have endured. You'll walk up to a consumer who has Roka in their basket, and you say, why did you buy Roka today? 80% of the time they say, I saw the pink. International sales now account for 50% of Brown and Haley's business, and the newest and biggest customer, China, loves that pink and gold. Asians loving gold, loving red for good fortune. Uh, almond roca translates into happy family. The Asians know that almonds are healthy and it is a gift of great respect. So at Chinese New Year's, the greatest respect you can give to a family is to give them almond roca. Brown and Haley is a Tacoma institution. They still occupy the same factory, renovated seven times to accommodate special machines that are built and maintained by a machine shop on the lower level. We have a loyal workforce. We have people who have worked here for over 50 years and they know how to make candy. The Roca family of flavors has expanded over the years, including peppermint for the holidays. But for many, Almond Roca is an indelible part of their holiday celebration. We get the story of, I would buy this for my grandfather, or my grandfather would buy this for me for Christmas. And it wasn't Christmas until we opened the can of Almond Roca. And so it is a holiday tradition in itself. Joining us now is Brown and Haley Director of Marketing, Kathy Renneker. Kathy, so great to have you here from Brown and Haley. We don't do many feature stories and we've never done a product show. But for Brown and Haley, we're making an exception. A, because we're all pretty much addicted to Almond Roca. And B, you're such a big part of this com community here in the South Sound. Northwest now is on in the entirety of Western Washington, but we're based in Tacoma. So uh, we all have a sweet spot, pun intended, for Almond Roca. First thing I wanted to ask you about, because this program runs going into Christmas, how did Almond Roca get so positioned? Why is it so tied in my mind to Christmas? It's good all year, but why? How did the cold Christmas thing? come about? Um, I think mainly because uh, back in 1923 when Almond Roca uh, first uh, launched, uh, you couldn't transport chocolate very easily. So most chocolates were a cold weather product. Uh -huh. uh, and so uh, that started the process. But then it was wrapped. It was already pre-wrapped, and most of the packaging that was done back in the early 20s and late 20s was very premium, very giftable. And so uh, it just positioned itself well as a gift, cold time of the year, gift, it lend itself to Christmas very, very easily. Now in your Santa's Candy Workshop, mm -hmm. you've got a couple of shifts working coming into Christmas, right? Talk a little bit about how how you ramp up for Christmas season. Yeah, uh, well, you know, there's an old tagline that says Brown and Haley makes them daily, right? Um, and that's still true today. Uh, we have uh, two shifts uh, that run, uh, long shifts, um, and uh, we have three different production lines, one that specifically makes Roca, and then we have two other chocolate lines that make okay. other products, uh, like the Mountain Bar. Uh, but ramping up for Christmas starts actually back in April. 
So usually about April time, we start planning and bringing in all the ingredients from all local uh, California almonds, sugar from Idaho. Uh, and uh, we bring that in and we start manufacturing Christmas candy uh, in late spring, early summertime. And one of the interesting things too is that um, Tacoma, how did we get so lucky to have this locally owned uh, candy uh, being made right here in Tacoma? Um, what's the historical context for kind of the towns that used to have chocolatiers and then the corporate influence? Talk a little bit about that history. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know Mars even started here in Tacoma, but Mars started here in Tacoma. And of course you have Johnson Candy uh, that's out of Tacoma. But um, uh, Harry Brown uh, was a chocolate manufacturer and and loved to make chocolate in his little chocolate shop that he had and um, JC Haley uh, was a spice salesman and they went to church together uh -huh. and they met at church and in uh, 1912 they said hey I think that we could do something pretty amazing here in Tacoma if we uh, if we join forces and so they did um, the success of <clears throat> Brown and Haley has really been because of uh, their commitment to doing a quality product first off and doing the right thing for the community um, and then also the luck of location so we're right near the port um, uh. and 40% of our business is export so we make approximately 3.3 million pieces of Roca every day right here in Tacoma. And every piece of Roca sold in the world is right here in Tacoma. Um, I think that's, uh, you know, something uh, that's really powerful and really amazing that we can share a little bit of Tacoma with 65 different countries yeah, across the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Talk a little bit about foreign markets. Of course, um, I say of course, people may not know this. Um, you know, the, the ventures were big in Japan. You're big in China. Why and how did that start? So uh, that primarily started uh, in World War II. So uh -huh. in World War II, uh, when everybody else was on sugar and butter rations, uh, we had a government contract. Uh, you know, we're lucky enough uh, to be situated in a location where um, we're kind of um, surrounded uh, by military. And um, uh, that lent itself to this opportunity during World War II where uh, we were asked to produce candy. Um, because we produced it in a tin, uh, it could travel safely overseas. Uh, it wouldn't go bad. And so uh, we had massive contracts for our pink tin of almond roca. And that's a question I have. At that time, was the tin something you opened with yes. a key? Or did you? when did you come up with the pop-off sealed plastic? Oh, that was much later. Okay. Um, actually, we had, um, we had the key until in, even into the 70s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, we started converting to some of those pop lids uh, in, in the 70s and okay. 80s. Uh, but um, the tin allowed the product, um, you know, to have a longer shelf life than any other product uh, that was available at the time. Um, and so uh, it was a great innovation. We happened to be positioned, our factory, right next to a canning facility. And uh, somebody said, I wonder what would happen if we put candy in a tin. Mm -hmm. And so we were the first to do that. And the rest is history, as they And say. the rest is history. Has there ever been pressure from the big boys, from a Hershey or from some of the other big food conglomerate aggregators who basically build their company by taking a bunch of pieces, Kraft Heinz maybe, and becoming a food empire, 
Um, has there ever been an attempt or has, the, has there ever been any interest in, in acquiring Brown and Haley by another company? Oh, sure. That has happened over the years. Um, you know, it's it goes back even further than that because uh, every area in the country used to have a confection house yeah. because candy couldn't travel. It would melt. Okay. Um, and so uh, we used to do all kinds of candy. We did uh, candy canes and peppermint sticks and a whole lot of different candy bars and um, you know as uh, the smaller companies uh, were purchased by larger companies or brands from those companies uh, were purchased and there has been some historical uh, requests to purchase Mountain Bars or to purchase just Almond Roca um, but if you purchase those brands Almond Roca wouldn't be and uh, the 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 people before us understood that well and they yeah. chose to hang on to the brand yeah we're become, all very thankful for that yeah it had yeah. become kind of a mass merchandise thing like it would it, yeah be, being and the formula would have likely been changed yeah. so that it could be mass produced i mean we we really um we are stewards of this brand we don't mess with it because it's not broke. Um, so real butter, real sugar, you know. That's, that's a good discussion too I wanted to have with you about change. I considered this kind of whole idea about change to some degree it'll be a little bit of a new religion when it comes to business. Just change for change's sake. Mm -hmm. If we're changing, it's gotta be good, right? I really disagree with that in a lot of different fronts and, and I would say, I'm sure the public is with me when I say, don't screw with Amon Roca. <laughs> We're with you too. We're yeah. with you too, for sure. <laughs> there must have been some changes over time, though, just because you found a better process or, um, you know, it turns out that this, ha has it been changed at all or is it still the original recipe or so, have there been improvements or? You know, it, it is the original recipe. Um, you know, there are definitely manufacturing differences, um, you know, mm. uh, and um, access to different commodities, right? So um, the butter we get is local butter. Um, that's the way it's always been. Um, almonds used to come from Spain. Now they come from California. Um, and, you know, even, uh, you know, the oils uh, that we use to help release the product and things like that have changed over the years but the the paramount thing is that the the recipe the formula has stayed the same cooking processes have changed over the years you know open flame cooking and then jacketed cooking and things like that and that's a a big part of why we can produce 3.3 million pieces today so know? it's fair to say that these were more tweaks or process improvements as opposed to a hey, we've got to change Roca because yeah. everybody's changing something, so let's change this. Uh, yeah, uh, technology changes <clears throat> versus ingredient changes. And um, we actually have to customize those technology changes so that they fit the product that we have, not the other way around, not adjust the product to fit the technology. And I'm sure on the back end, you've had a lot of technical changes with personnel and labor and marketing and distribution. That I'm sure is state of the art problem. That, that is, uh, I think that's a, uh, an issue that all, all yeah. manufacturers and all businesses for that matter have is, is trying to keep up with um, those kinds of changes. Had any sure. supply chain problems ever during COVID? Did COVID affect you all with employees? You've got a lot of longtime loyal employees, but did that affect you? Did, was it supply chain? Was it distribution? How did COVID hit you know, Brown and Haley? I think, I think we were very, very uh, fortunate uh, because, um, you know, the, the main shutdowns that happened during COVID happened right after our, our biggest season. Um, so True. we were able to uh, continue to employ all of our production 
manufacturers. Uh, we were a food facility, so we were allowed to stay open during that time. Um, and we produce a lot more than just Roca. Um, there's a lot of ingredient and private label items that we produce uh, for other entities. So we were very fortunate. Um, we did put in place some very specific things to keep our people safe, um, spreading shifts out a little further and things like that, just to allow people uh, to not get sick during that time. But you were always able to get supplies. We, uh, it was difficult um, and it was slower. Uh, we had to plan further ahead. And some of that was, um, has turned into kind of a, uh, a good planning for us now. Um, multiple sources for right. a can or right, whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or making sure that uh, you plan enough ahead and always have a certain amount of inventory. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that we've been in business for you know over 112 years now, um, we've been through a lot already. We've been through a pandemic yeah. before this pandemic. Yep. We've been through a couple of wars. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, we have people who have worked at the company for 30 and 40 years and, uh, you know, have um, seen a thing or two, you know. Yeah. So uh, they it's it's uh, pretty amazing, though, how uh, during that situation we pulled together. Talk a little, two more questions about technology. The first one, here comes AI. Will yeah. that ever have a role in any, something like candy making or your processes, or might AI still be on the back end, how you market, how you collect inventory and kind of the back end processes? It, will it have a role? Uh, I think I think AI will have a role for a lot of folks. Um, you know, I mean, in some regards, we've had a bit of AI all along. I think it's just a, a, a bit stronger technology now. You can go in and type a question and it'll write a paper for you, you know? Uh, but for us, I think the the uh, biggest thing that that kind of data processing will do for us is that we can get information quicker. So um, all of our equipment has the ability to say how well something's running, uh, at what consistency rate, what, what temperatures. Um, and Quality we can, checks. Quality and, checks. Yeah. We mm -hmm. can actually get that information faster um, and uh, be able to uh, maybe deliver a higher quality product. That doesn't mean that that will replace people. It's still going to take a person to look at that and make those adjustments. So, so. you see employment still hanging around the 200-ish? If not more eventually. Okay. I mean, we could definitely, um, during our peak seasons, um, have uh, a need for more employees. We uh, always have a hiring now sign up yeah. at Brown and Haley. Get me straight on two things. One is your, your store is in Fife, the plant per se, is right here in Tacoma still. Yep. So you have those two locations. Do you have a warehouse somewhere where you're keeping the yeah. supplies and the ingredients? So or? Fife is the, the warehouse. It is um, the warehouse. Yeah, it's okay. about 110,000 uh, ah, square okay. feet. Um, the plant is about 80,000 square feet. Both locations actually have uh, a, a factory outlet and gift shop at them. Okay. Yeah, so both. So if uh, it, the, the one in Tacoma has been around since uh, right. uh, the 60s, and uh, the one in Fife has been there for uh, a about uh, 10, 12 years now. So you export out of Fife too, that would make sense. Yeah, right, by the... so the, the factory actually doesn't have any storage at it, and it actually only has one shipping dock door. Okay. So we pick everything up from there and bring it to Fife, mm. and uh, that's where it goes out of, is, is ships out of Fife. You talked about a big um, technology, We're not, but, but equipment and capital investment that yes. you're making. Um, briefly talk about what, uh, what that is, what it will include, and how long it'll last. So um, it's been a nine year project and we're on the final stage right now. So um, we started at the packing end of our line and uh, uh, invested um, uh, about uh, 
eight, nine years ago in some additional packing equipment. Um, and then um, uh, post that, we did the wrapping machines. In 2019, uh, the actual forming line, the line that makes uh, the little batons of candy and covers them in chocolate and then the almonds, um, that was done in 2019. Um, and in January of this year, the final stage, which is uh, what we refer to as the kitchen, uh, it sounds very homey and it kind of is, um, the final upgrade to that section will be done. Um, the equipment that we're replacing was installed in in, uh, the 80s okay. um, and there is uh, equipment now that is just uh, much more efficient from an energy standpoint, uh, much more consistent from a peace standpoint, uh, uh, rather than having uh, individual um, potential variations in batch to batch, we can keep it a consistent uh, temperature the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and uh, also reduce uh, our use of water and natural gas and electricity while doing we it. We talked about change and my aversion to it, but it sounds like you've changed everything except the candy, which it, is which that, is a great thing. You know, um, they used to make it by hand, right? Yeah. Uh, they used to make a kettle, pour it out on a table, um, and on a good day, they might get uh, 3,000 pieces, 4,000 pieces. Uh, if we only could make three or 4,000 pieces a day, some people would be really upset oh. that they couldn't get their roca. It'd be a worldwide there might crisis. there might be a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Prices are going up. Um, inflation is something that affects everybody. By my estimation, you had two choices. One was probably to raise prices. The other one is probably to do what a lot of manufacturers are doing, especially in the food space, which is shrinkflation. Yeah. Put less in the can. How did you guys deal with inflation? How are you dealing with it? What's that meant to the consumer? Um, you know, we did have to do uh, a price increase. Um, all, uh, everybody in the confection industry had to. Um, sugar prices went up, chocolate prices went up. Um, virtually every piece of commodity, um, paper industry went up. So we did have to do a price increase. Um, uh, but we do these things as if we were a very small business compared to a very large business. Uh, we sit down and we look at every single item that we produce. And yeah. I'm not, I don't mean just almond roca. I mean almond roca in a tin the versus foil. almond roca in a bag. Yeah. Yeah. And we looked at our actual cost and we adjusted each individual item accordingly so that we weren't just taking a blanket across the board, across the board yeah. price increase. Because um, you certainly have pricing power. I know. If you love almond roca, you're going to find a way. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and, you know, we, we do, um, it, it's an interesting thing. The candy industry, um, unlike a lot of other ones, is not a, kind of a cutthroat industry. Uh, we talk with folks at Hershey. We, we talk with folks at Lint. And we go to conferences with them. And so um, we, we kind of, um, we commiserate together and we share excitement together. So we're not necessarily competing for shelf space. But... As Brown and Haley, um, you know, we we have chosen to um, stay the course with the the um, recipe that we have, and therefore, um, you know, we are competing against uh, these much larger companies with, for us, a much smaller margin uh, yeah. than they run on, yeah. um, and and uh, we do that by making very smart uh, strategic decisions, um, you know. Uh, we take good care of our employees because the longer you have an employee, the more efficient you're going yep. to be. Yeah. And that's cost effective as well. Yeah, what's, sure. what's next? What's the next hundred years look like? Family ownership continue? Um, 
processes, I guess, and continue to improve? Yeah. What's it look like? What's um, so uh, as far as ownership goes, yeah, there's there's no foreseeable change in the future on that. Um, Anne Haley, uh, granddaughter of J.C. Haley, is still the chairman of the board, um, and uh, there's no no foreseeable future of a change in that. Uh, we've done huge improvements to the facility here right. at Tacoma because we plan on staying there. Uh, you know, so that's all very um, stable for us. Uh, as far as uh, new products and what we hope to launch, uh, you know, uh, I'm sharing something that's brand new with you. We haven't shared with anybody all right, else break yet. Some news. So, yeah. Um, so in January or February, we will start a soft launch of a new product. Um, it's uh, a chocolate bar. So, uh, you know, a good old Wonka bar, as, as a lot of people like to call it, but uh, a tablet bar um, that has uh, toffee, uh, Roca toffee in it. And it's our first item that we're going to be producing that doesn't have any nuts in it at all. Ah. Um, it has been a concern for the last hundred years, yeah. a lot of folks, and yep. it's become more and more of an issue that there are folks out there who, um, you know, have allergies or um, food sensitivity to nuts. And so... Um, and water scarcity for growing almonds. I mean, that's not always guaranteed, too. They could become right, scarce. Right, yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, uh, it's it's a really amazing product. Um, I love to participate in uh, when we do product development. And, you know, I, I take one for the team and I sample all of it. Yeah, it's uh, tough you gig. Know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's pretty rough, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so um, that's the that's a new product that we have coming out. Looking forward to it and looking forward to eating it. I wish for another hundred years, but I doubt I doubt I'll make that. But uh, great stuff. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much. I kid a little about the fact that public affairs shows like Northwest Now don't have much to do with promoting products, nor should they. But here's the bottom line. Producing products is the key to any region's economy, and any product that has hung in there for the course of 100 years to provide jobs, tax revenue, and name recognition to Western Washington is a good thing. After all, that is how America works.